This is Wealth Radio, 10 years now on KLBJ. Here's author, wealth manager, and CEO of Reap Financial, Chris Herline. Good day, everybody. Chris Herline here, CEO of Reap Financial, right here in Austin, Texas, host of Wealth Radio, right here on News Radio KLBJ every Saturday, 11 a.m. For well over a decade now, it's hard to believe. Got a lot to cover with you. As always, your text, your calls can drive this agenda. Join me now, 512-836-0590, 512-836-0590. Look forward to getting to those today. You know, walking into 2024, there is a lot of changes coming up with your retirement plans. There's a lot of changes coming up with the ability to boost your tax savings, boost your investment and retirement savings. Also, I want to talk today about some questions that you may be fielding. Things like, when can I retire? Should I retire this year? Should I be retiring a few years from now? You know, when is that sweet spot? What's crazy is seven out of 10 retirees in today's world, seven out of 10 are forced to retire against what they thought maybe their target date would be. It could be things like your health, having to take care of an elderly parent, having to take care of a spouse, a forced layoff, an injury at work. I mean, the list goes on. So a lot of times people think about when they want to retire, but they're not thinking about what they're going to do when they retire. If you were forced to retire, do you think you would have to go back to work at some point? Do you know if you would have to? Are you in a position where you already know that you're working on your own terms? You know, the families that we consult with at Reap Financial are generally pre-retirees, three or five years out, or already retired. We meet them at a transition point, whether they're inheriting wealth, whether they're retiring after a long, successful career. Maybe they... um, you know, maybe they're just ready to put the papers in wherever it is. We have a really unique privilege of seeing so many different families from different walks of life. But one thing remains true amidst all of the people I'm talking about, and it's that they have a written plan. They have a plan. They are working right now, and they know when they can retire. They know that it's a living plan and that things can change, but they are working towards a goal. For those of our clients that are already retired, what's so powerful is that not only do they have a written plan, but being that it's adjusted throughout the year to take advantage of opportunities with tax strategies and legislative changes, et cetera, they are able to spend their money confidently. What a powerful place to be. So I want to talk to you today about are you in a position to retire, are you on track to retire? You can join me right now, 512-836-0590. We will get to some text questions here in a bit. But some big changes here for 2024. And I'm going to tell you right now, we want you to max out your IRAs. We want you to max out your 401k. So let's just update you on some new limits and some abilities to do that. The contribution maximums. 2024 will increase from 22,500 in your 401k to now 23,000. So it's going up 500 bucks. So 23,000 will be the max for your 401ks, your 403bs, your 457s, 
as well as those of you on the Fed that, that maybe have a TSP, okay? So if you're over age 50, you've heard me talk about it for years, you can do what's called a catch-up contribution. That did not increase for 2024, but it remains at $1,000 for your IRAs. Now, for your 401ks, it's now 7000 It did increase on the 401ks. So if you're over 50, you can do this, the regular max of 23000 plus 7000 catch-up. That's thirty grand. $30,000 is what you can put in that 401k. So you can look at it two ways. Okay, we can put it in the traditional 401k or 403b and get that reduction of income today. So it's saving you in taxes today. That's why many of you have done it for so many years. Or you could decide, hey, I want to put that in my Roth 401k or my Roth 403b and you forego the tax deduction today. Now, our financial religion says, no, 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 let's get the tax deduction today. But we've had such a, a privilege to meet so many families, our KLBJ listeners, in our office over the years. And you know what they say? If I just would have known sooner, I did a great job of saving, but I just didn't know how much of a tax liability I was setting myself up for because I had everything in my IRAs and 401ks. That's something that you got to be considering these important decisions. Also for 2024, your employer, their match can now go to the catch-up contribution or the match, I should say, not the catch-up, my apologies, to the match. Okay, so hear me on that. In years past, your employer's match could not go to the Roth portion. And under the IRS guidance, it's looking like for 24, it can. So that's a big change and a great way to get further dollars, more substantial amounts into those Roths, cooking and compounding you for you for years to come. Now for your IRAs out there, the contribution limit has increased to $7,000. And uh, that's for you over 50. Um, and let me tell you this, if you're over 50, you can do that $1,000 catch up. So your total of $8,000. For those of you under 50, $7,000. And that's up from $6,500 in 2023. Now, one of the things that a lot of families do is they can contribute to what's called a donor advice fund. So if you give charitably through the years, this is a great way to get a larger tax deduction in a given year and not have to just give all the money at once to one or multiple charities. It's called donor advice fund. And the maximum on that for years has been $100,000. That's a lot I know to give to charity, but today in today's show, I'm gonna show you why families consider doing those kind of amounts. But for the first time ever, in 2024, it increases to 105,000. So that's a pretty nice increase there. And really for the first time, I was surprised to see it. But we'll talk today about donor advised funds and why they are becoming more and more popular with higher net worth families and those of you that have charitable intent. Now, when it comes to your social security, in 2023, we saw one of the largest cost of living adjustments ever. The biggest boost in benefit ever it was over 8% in 2023 because of this record inflation that has come upon us over the last couple of years. Well, 
Social Security has announced that the uh, cost of living adjustment increase will be 3.2% for 2024. That's, you know, half, less than half of what it was for 23. And I, I personally believe inflation is higher than that. But we'll take it, 3.2%. You know, and again, if you look at what cost of living adjustments have averaged out to be, you know, pre this inflationary period, you know, call it 2010 to 2020, it was averaging around 1.6%. So 3.2% is still a pretty healthy increase when you look at the last decade. Now, the thing is, is that if you're retiring in 2024, you may want to consider fully maxing out your 401k. So if you're doing it periodically throughout the year, month to month, whatever, taken out of your paycheck, you know, if, let's say you're going to work a half a year. You may want to consider going to HR, going to the custodian and having them withhold a larger amount from the paycheck, maybe all of your paycheck, if you will, so that you can get that max in there for your final year of work. So don't let that go by the wayside. 512-836-0590. Taking text questions today. I want to go to one here. It says, how do you determine the tax impact on Social Security when Roth conversions can put you in a new tax bracket? That was from Chris. Hey, thanks for the question, Chris. Here's the thing. Um, for most of you listening, for most Americans, 85% of your Social Security benefit will be taxable. You literally have to be at poverty income levels. Um, married couples, you have to be under 32000 income to not be taxed on your social security, single filers under $25,000 to not be taxed. So, I mean, like I said, poverty level. <laughs> By the way, those limits were put in place in 1983. And they've never gone up since. So that's one sneaky way the government does it. But when we talk about Roth conversions, which we, we advise families to do that year after year and build plans to accomplish their end goal, you got to keep in mind Roth conversions, what you're doing here is you're moving money from the IRA into the Roth. The investment stays the same. It's just the tax designation, the tax designation changes, okay? So when you convert, you're paying the price of admission to get in the Roth club, okay? You gotta pay tax on whatever amount you convert, it all counts as income. So whether you convert 10,000 or 100,000 or a million dollars, that is going to account towards the bottom line of the 1040. And so to Chris's question, the tax impact is on your social security is simply 85% is going to be taxed at your marginal bracket. So if you are in a 12% on social security, 85% is being taxed at the 12% rate. So if you do a large conversion and now you go from a 12 to a 22 or a 22 to a 24 or 24 to a 32, wherever you land, just remember 85% of your social security will be taxed at your marginal bracket. So the thing is, is, you know, don't let that keep you from doing Roth conversion. Just have a plan, consult with the fiduciary advisor, consult with the CPA as to what makes sense. You know, today I'm going to talk about what can make sense when you look at you know, your age, you know, the, the question I always get is, Chris, how much should I convert? And today I'll give you some better insight into what that looks like. I want to encourage you to 
Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Reap Financial. That's R-E-A-P Financial, where I drop new content every Wednesday to keep you up to date on the latest and greatest. And for all of our listeners, I want you to get your copy on my updated 10 retirement tips guide. Visit my homepage right now. Go to reapfinancial.com. That's R-E-A-P financial.com and download it right there in real time. I'm Chris Herline, CEO of Reap Financial. This is Wealth Radio. I'll be right back with you. Chris covers taxes and ways to structure your wealth so that you get to keep more in retirement in his latest wealth report, Tax Strategies for Retirement. We'll deliver it straight to your inbox. Visit WealthRadio.com right now to get your copy. That's WealthRadio.com. This is Wealth Radio, 10 years now on KLBJ. Here's author, wealth manager, and CEO of Reap Financial, Chris Herline. Welcome back. Chris Herline here, CEO of Reap Financial, host of Wealth Radio for over a decade now here on KLBJ. Thanks to all of you that tune in with me, our loyal listeners here every Saturday, 11 a.m., where we take your questions live. You can call or text now, 512-836-0590. You got a lot to cover today. I uh, was just talking about, uh, you know, some plan increases, retirement plan increases, some tax uh, changes for 2024. Uh, but, you know, in this segment, I want to talk today about a very popular strategy within our successful clients. Uh, it's called Donor Advised Funds. Donor Advised Funds. I want to talk to you about how they could work in your giving and your tax savings plan. But before I do that, I want to go to the text lines here. You can uh, join me just as Hunter did at 512-836-0590. Hunter says, I've got 200000 in a 401k from a previous employer. I'm only working two more years. Is it my best option to roll it over to my current employer for two more years? You know, Hunter, you know, the thing about 401k plans is generally, you know, you, you have them, you're stacking money in them, and then when you retire or you move jobs, better said, oftentimes they kind of get left out there and they get overlooked or they get forgotten about. You'd be shocked how many people, you know, come in and see us. They got four or five different 401ks floating around out there. It's like a treasure hunt. And what I'll tell you is that you're likely better served to roll it into your current employer's plan for this reason. You're likely going to be paying more attention to it. You're likely going to better ensure that what's going on in the account Everything is complementing one another. Oftentimes, if you got a one 401k over here and another over here, you got a lot of overlap, you're overweighted to one sector, those type of things. So the consolidation factor is great. The one thing that would keep you from, from rolling it to your current plan, in my, my opinion, as a fiduciary, is that if the plan that, that you currently have is more expensive, does it have less options? than your former plan. It's crazy. Most Americans, they, they don't think they even pay fees in their 401ks, and 401ks have a lot of layers of fees. But the thing is, you need to look at the cost of the new plan as compared to the old and look at options. Um, more and more plans, generally the larger the company, the more affordable the plan. That's not in every case. Um, you know, So if you're working for a large corp and the former you know, 401k was at a small company, there, there may be better cost savings there. That, that's a maybe. And then, um, you know, generally, you'll, you'll have more investment options as well. The last option Hunter didn't men mention that, that many people consider is rolling it 
into an IRA. If done correctly, you roll a 401k into an IRA and it's, it's done correctly, it's tax-free, um, penalty-free. And one of the main reasons that people consider that is now you're not tied to the mutual funds in the company-sponsored plan. You, you know, you can go out and invest in an array of different things, stocks, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds, real estate, metals, you know, the list goes on. So you got more investment options, number one. Um, that could help control with cost, maybe. Um, but the other thing is, is if you're wanting to start getting into the Roth game, generally, it, it, you know, a lot of times you're not going to see employers letting you, particularly former employers, letting you internally convert your 401k or former 401k to Roth. Um, so rolling it into an IRA, that gives you the ability to start your Roth conversion planning, start converting, you know, do it, do it strategically, uh, do it sensibly. You know, you don't want to do too much too soon. But again, there's another option for you, um, Hunter, if, if you're, you're considering, you know, the Roth game. 512-836-0590, you can join me just as Hunter did. Let's talk now about donor-advised funds. They've been around a long time. They're very underutilized. They're becoming more popular for our clients, uh, for our KLBJ listeners, because a lot of you do give charitably, okay? And back when the Trump tax cuts came into place, we saw something happen. It was the doubling of the standard deduction. When they, they double the standard deduction, um, that means that less than 10% of Americans today, they, that less than 10% of you itemize on taxes. And many of you may not know this, but you may be giving charitably right now. And unless you itemize, you're not getting a tax deduction. Now, <laughs> I know that you're not just giving because you want a tax deduction, but that is part of it, like it or not. So a lot of you may be giving charitably and you're not getting over the limit to itemize and you're not getting a deduction. So here's how the donor advised fund can work. Let's say that I give $25,000 a year away to charity or multiple charities. Now, by doing that at 25,000, pretty good chance that I may get over the standard deduction limit and I can, you know, take a charitable deduction. But let's say that I've got a big Roth conversion I'm going to do this year. Let's say that you've got a piece of real estate you're going to sell or you're going to sell company stocks because you're retiring or you just need to sell stocks because you need to raise cash from retirement. If you're going to create a capital event or a large income increase because of a conversion, that's where these donor advised funds come in. Because I can take 25000 and let's say that I'm forecasting that I'll probably continue to give over the next four years, that 25,000 a year. So let's say I take the 25,000 times four years, that's a hundred grand. So I could take a hundred thousand dollars this year and drop it in my donor advised fund. Well, by doing that, I get to take the large tax deduction this year. I get to take the deduction against the hundred thousand, not just 25,000. So obviously at 100,000, that's gonna get me well above the standard deduction. Now I'm itemizing, and this can now help offset my Roth conversion uh, if I've got a capital event in the year I need it most. Now, 
think about it just like a charitable savings account. This money can sit in this donor advised fund. It can cook. I can invest in an array of different things. Grows to X deferred. And then throughout the years, this year and beyond, I can direct those dollars to any qualified 501c3, any qualified charity of my choice throughout the year. There's no time constraints on when I've got to get the money out of there. Now, keep this in mind. When I give to charities out of this fund, I don't get a tax deduction when I give because I took it when I donated to it originally. So this money can literally sit in there for the next couple decades. You could even leave this donor advised fund, um, you know, to your kids held within a trust and you can dictate how you want those dollars given in the family name even when you're not here. You can give out of this fund to maybe charities or causes that your kids believe in or other family members to help support those endeavors. So it's very flexible and very highly underutilized. And this is where I also want to bring up what's called a qualified charitable distribution. A qualified charitable distribution, QCD. Okay, now this allows you to give directly from your required distribution. So if you're over 70 and a half and you're giving charitably, I believe the first dollars that you should give are from your required minimum distribution. Because if you do this correctly through the qualified charitable distribution, it's completely outside your schedule A. You don't have to report the RMD income that's given via the QCD. Now, why would you do this? Why wouldn't you just take your RMD and then give charitably? Well, a couple of reasons. First of all, let's say you have a $50,000 RMD and you got to take it this year. Okay, well, you take that, that's going to show up on the bottom line as income, and then a lot of people give charitably throughout the year. Well, remember, if you're not itemizing, which the majority of you aren't, um, you're not getting a tax deduction. Plus, if you can shave the income off the tax return via the QCD, that's better than a charitable deduction because it's dollar for dollar. You are literally reducing your income and what's going to be taxable. So that's what's increased. The qualified charitable distribution for 2024, the maximum is now set at 105,000 for 2024. Years past, it's been 100,000. Now I know most of you aren't gonna give that much charitably, but I'm here to let you know what your options are. That's what we've been letting you know what your options are so that you can make the best educated decision. You know, we talk about these type of things and a lot more on our YouTube channel. And I want you to subscribe to my YouTube channel at Reap Financial. That's at R-E-A-P Financial, where I drop new content every Wednesday. And we've got dozens and dozens and dozens of videos where I go in depth on how these strategies could work for you, how they work for our successful retirees at Reap Financial. Go ahead, subscribe today at Reap Financial. Now, a lot of you, may be thinking, hey, I want to get into this Roth game, Chris. I hear you talk about it, or I've been listening for years, and I'm just realizing that, man, I need to consider my investment mix, not from a diversification standpoint, but from a tax diversification standpoint. Like, this is serious stuff. This is the type of issues that we deal with every day in our office at Reap Financial. 
the majority of families we work with, they don't have a money problem. You've done the hard work. You've saved enough to retire successfully and go enjoy everything you've dreamt of and leave a lasting impact in this world. But you didn't give a whole lot of thought through your working years as to how you were going to enjoy this money, how you were going to live on it and not get crushed by the IRS. There's been no thought as to how to disinherit, let me put that in quotes, legally disinherit Uncle Sam from your retirement. So many people just save, save, save in these IRAs and 401ks, not realizing they are becoming the government's perfect taxpayer. You can tell I'm a little passionate about this stuff, right? Because honestly, what, what we're talking about here is by keeping more of your wealth, that means you can retire sooner. By keeping more of your wealth, that means you can spend greater amounts. It means you can ensure that you're maintaining or even increasing your lifestyle. By keeping more of your wealth, you can give more to causes you believe in. By keeping more of your wealth, you can leave more to your heirs. Roth IRAs and Roth conversions are one of the easiest ways to start garnering the control that you want in retirement. But the magic question is, how much should you convert? Is there a sweet spot? What is your number? I'm going to get to that and a lot more on the other side of the break. Before I go to break, I want to ensure you guys get your hands on my updated Roth report. That's where we're going today. Email me right now, chris at wealthradio.com. That's chris at wealthradio.com. My team will have this updated Roth report on its way to your inbox. Be sure and get your hands on it. I'm Chris Herline of Reap Financial. I'll be right back with you. This is Wealth Radio, 10 years now on KLBJ. Here's author, wealth manager, and CEO of Reap Financial, Chris Herline. Welcome back. I'm Chris Herline, CEO of Reap Financial, host of Wealth Radio for over a decade now here on News Radio KLBJ, where we take your questions live. Let that drive the agenda. You can call or text me now, 512-836-0590, 512-836-0590. You know, I want to take a quick text question that's come in here. Uh, this was from Sam. It says, is it better to wait until the end of the year to figure out the IRA to Roth conversion amount to avoid going over the Irma cliff. All right, Sam, you're uh, likely on Medicare or soon to be. Irma is essentially a uh, surcharge that increases your Medicare premiums if you make over a certain income amount. Okay, so for higher earners that are on Medicare, if you got a nice lifestyle in retirement, you may be paying more for Medicare. So what Sam is asking is, you know, what point in time throughout the year does it make the most sense to get your conversion done to make sure that you don't increase your Medicare premiums? That's that's what Sam's asking. Um, very valid question, Sam, because you do too much conversion, not only will it increase your Medicare premiums, and it could be as small as, you know, 30 bucks a month increase. It could be several hundred dollars a month increase. So, I mean, it adds up quick. Not only do you got to worry about that, but you also have to worry about jumping tax brackets, which means if you jump tax brackets, well, everything's taxed more. Potentially your capital gains, potentially, you know, you know what's being taxed on your pension, social security, your 401k withdrawals, et cetera. 
So when it comes to converting, we convert tens of millions of dollars every year at REIT Financial within our clients' portfolios. After careful consultation throughout the year, we make these really important educated decisions. And we start our estimation process with families in September. And then we generally are making a decision around October, November, because the conversion must be done by the 31st. Now, the reason I like doing them at the beginning, or sorry, towards the back end of the year, is because you probably have a better sense of what your income is going to end up being on the year. You know, if you're working W-2 paycheck, getting some bonuses, you know, by October, November, you probably have a pretty good idea. If you're retired, you're living on your retirement portfolio or pension and social security, by end of year, you probably have a pretty good idea. Um, you know, there's always going to be the, the what ifs and the surprises, but hopefully those have already happened, you know, throughout the beginning to maybe mid part of the year. So a lot of times I advise families to, to maybe look at doing the conversions towards the back end of the year to better control the overall impact. Now, what Sam didn't ask is when would a case be that you should convert towards the beginning of the year? top of the year. Well, one really key thing that comes to mind is let's say that we're here in 2023 going into 24. And let's say come December, the markets dropped 20, 30%. I'm not forecasting that. God forbid that happens. But my point is, is let's say that they drop substantially going into the new year. And you're thinking, well, I could convert year in here X amount of dollars in my IRAs to a Roth, and I'm going to have to pay the tax on whatever amount I convert. Well, let's say the market drops 20% Q1 of 2024. You can convert the same amount of shares in the IRA at in this example, a 20% discount. 20% less than what you would have paid had you converted end of year when the stock market was so high. There can be some cases, particularly for families that, let's say you wanted to do a $300,000 conversion. There may be some cases to convert systematically throughout the entire year, potentially catch some of the dips in the market so that you can convert the same amount, but potentially convert at lower prices, reducing the price of admission to get in the Roth. I'm not talking about market timing here because we're not selling the stocks in my example. You're just changing the, the tax designation. So there can be some cases where it makes sense to convert early in the year or partially convert or periodically convert throughout the whole year. But to Sam's point, it's really, you need to start with what tax bracket you're in, what Medicare bracket you're in, and then you say, how much could I convert to stay right in those same brackets? 
How much can I convert to move up to the next bracket or the next tier? From the 12 to the 22, the 22 to 24, 24 to 32 tax bracket. Tier 1 to Tier 2, Tier 2 to Tier 4 Medicare brackets. You know, you think about retirement, paycheck goes away, you think tax planning would get a lot easier for our families at ReFinancial. It doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't. It gets more complicated in many cases because now you're figuring out what accounts to live on. All those accounts are going to be taxed at different types of tax rates. No tax, somewhat tax, always taxed. And then you want to throw some conversions into the mix. And then now I'm on Medicare and I got premium increases to worry about. And I want to sell my house. How's that going to impact my Medicare? Like, this is why families that have tuned into Wealth Radio here on KLBJ, they don't go at this alone. They've come into the office. They've sat down with us during that period of transition. And we put together well-coordinated plans. That's exactly what we can do for you. So great question there, Sam. Now... What I promised I would get to in this segment is how much is the right amount to convert? Well, I'll paint two pictures. The first, family. If your waking value when you get up in the morning is to try to leave as much money to your kids as possible or, you know, to, to your family, your friends as possible, then you may want to plan on converting everything because tax rates are at 40-year lows today. They're likely going to be higher down the road when your kids inherit. And, you know, under the SECURE Act 2.0 that I talked about a lot this year, you know, now the kids inherit your IRAs, they have to take them over 10 years. So that forces or accelerates, better said, you know, a tax increase on those distributions over that 10-year period in many cases. With the Roth IRA, it goes to them tax-free. Even though it's still subject to the 10-year rule under the SECURE Act 2.0, it goes to them tax-free. So it's kind of like a bet, you know? You're betting that taxes are lower today than down the road. Now, here's a family that likely may not want to convert. Your waking value is to leave as much money to charities as possible, qualified 501c3s. Well, if you did all this conversion work, it's going to help you in your retirement. It's going to help you have better control of your income because Roths are not subject to required minimum distributions. And those things create all the problems. Because if you leave your traditional IRAs and 401ks, pre-tax accounts to charity, they're not going to pay any tax on them at all under today's law been like that a long time and it probably will remain that way for some time. So there's two extremes. One of my favorite things to do is run a Roth analysis for the families that come in our office. My fiduciary advisors and I, we will show you based on your current or present value IRA, what your tax liability is going to be on that, not just for you, but over your kid's life, over two generations, it's insane. (laughs) In some cases, it's more in taxes than even the present value of your your IRA today. It's wild. Why? Because you're going to pay taxes on the required minimum distributions when they come out. And a lot of you, you're not going to spend that money. You're going to reinvest it. So you got to pay taxes on the reinvested 
dollars. And then when you leave it to your heirs, they're going to be taxed at income tax rates. And they have to take it over 10 years. And I'm using today's historically low tax rates. So if they go up, gosh, these numbers will look even better, right? So that's one extreme. And then we show you how much it costs to convert everything. Not that we're advising that. But when you look at those two extremes, it starts getting really, really easy to cut the check. <laughs> to, to pay the taxes today to get into the Roth so it forever grows tax-free so that, you know, you can live on it tax-free and you don't have to take RMDs on it. So the question is, is, well, what's the sweet spot? Is there a magic number that you should convert? Like if you got a million dollars, should you convert 300 to, to have it optimized? Should you do 700 to do 900? I'm going to tell you right now, every single one of you listening right now, it's different. Because you're going to retire at different times, different ages. You got different lifestyles. Believe it or not, your budget, your monthly outflows have a lot to do with how much you should convert for the long term. That's a whole nother show. Okay, so we've got those two things. Do you have a value to leave money to your kids? Are, are you in a position where it's inevitable that you're going to leave money to kids? Like when we forecast our family's plans, I can show them that if they pass at 80, they're going to leave X amount of million dollars. If they pass at 92, they're going to leave X amount of million dollars. So when we see that it's inevitable that you're going to leave money, unless you start spending and want to bounce your last check, then that can put emphasis on the amount you should convert. What we're trying to do for our retirees, get, let's get the kids out of the way. Let's get the charities out of the way. Let's focus on you for a minute here. What we're trying to do is get enough converted through the years or into Roths through contributions that when you turn age 73 or 75, we've converted enough money that that RMD that you're going to be forced to take doesn't bump you into the next tax bracket or some some cases, two brackets higher. If you're on track to have a $100,000 required minimum distribution, you better know that. If you're listening right now and don't know what your future RMD is going to be 15 years from now, 12 years from now, you need to come in and see us. <laughs> you need to take advantage of a 60-minute tax savings analysis and Roth analysis at no cost. It's, it's like, it's an incredible value. And the thing is, is that we can see if that $100,000 RMD is going to bump you into the next bracket, if it's going to take you up into the next Medicare tier. And that's not where we stop. We're going to find out what happens five years from now and what it looks like 10 years and 15 years out. So the objective here is to convert enough that instead of the RMD being 100000 maybe it's 35000 And that even though it's going to go up every year, it's never going to push you up into the next tax bracket based on today's tax rates and brackets. This is a living plan, and we adjust it year over year. When the tax rates hit historic lows, we had to go back in and amend a lot of families' plans. When they go back up, we're going to have to amend a lot of families' plans. But that's what we do every day at Reap Financial. We can do that for you. 
I want you to get your hands on my Roth report. Still got more to cover today. This is updated as we go into 2024. Roth report for 2024. Email me. I'll have it on its way to your inbox. Chris at wealthradio.com. Chris at wealthradio.com. We'll get it on over to you. Keep it right here. I'll be back. Is converting to a Roth IRA right for you? The pros and cons are outlined in Chris's report titled Roth IRAs. Get your complimentary copy of this report by visiting wealthradio.com right now. That's wealthradio.com. Find out why. Call now, 512-249-7300. This is Wealth Radio, 10 years now on KLBJ. Here's author, wealth manager, and CEO of Reef Financial, Chris Herline. Welcome back. Chris Herline here, CEO of Reap Financial, host of Wealth Radio for over a decade here on News Radio KLBJ, already in our last segment here. Thank you to all of you that tune in with me every uh, every Saturday morning, 11 a.m. with your questions. And thank you for your viewership as well. I know so many of you tune in to my Retire Ready TV broadcast every Wednesday on KXAN. And if you don't know by now, I want you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. At Reap Financial, I drop new content there every Wednesday. We have dozens and dozens and dozens of topics that will be of much interest to you so that you can stay in front of your tax planning, your Roth conversion planning, your Medicare planning, your Social Security strategy, and a lot more. Subscribe today at Reap Financial. Go to YouTube and subscribe at Reap Financial. So I want to be wise with our time here because... We're getting to the back end of our hour, but, you know, I got a question here from Constance. Um, in lieu of a pension, is converting part of your IRA into annuity a good strategy? Okay, so most people today, less than 10% of Americans have a pension. You know, if you worked for a high tech or, you know, one of the large corporations back in the 70s and 80s, retired in the 90s, chances are you, you did have a pension. But those are a thing of the past. And so what Constance is referring to is, you know, does it make sense to take some of your IRA or 401k and go out and buy yourself a pension? There's a lot of different type of annuities. There's multi-year guarantee annuities. They're like fixed rate CDs almost. You know, they got a fixed rate for a certain period of time and then you're done. You got indexed annuities that grow based on, you know, how an index performs you got income indexed annuities. You've got variable annuities. I mean, the list goes on. Well, the time that the, the type that Constance was probably referring to would be a, like an indexed income annuity or a variable annuity that provides, you know, an income rider with some sort of guaranteed income stream down the road. Now, there's pros and cons to variable annuities. There's pros and cons to indexed annuities. You need to be very well educated in this arena before you make a decision because they're generally long-term decisions and you want to be sensible. You don't want to ever go put everything into an annuity because you know, you you're losing a lot of liquidity. So it's all within a matter of sensibility, but an annuity that's providing income for life can make sense for certain families. A lot of it depends on your longevity. A lot of it depends on your net worth. A lot of it depends on your budget and your income needs. These are all the things that you would look at in considering an income annuity. So 
When you think about rolling some of your IRA or 401k into an income annuity, what you're doing is you're transferring risk of a long life to an insurance company. That's essentially what you're doing. And you're saying, listen, I'm going to give you X amount of dollars and let that money cook and defer for a period of time. And then when I'm ready, I want to turn on an income. And the bet is, is that I'm going to live long enough to receive every dollar I gave you and hopefully a lot more. Income annuities can also, well, annuities with income riders, better said, can provide, in some cases, long-term care or home health care benefits. Um, death benefits can be associated with annuities. There's a number of things. There's also this one called a single premium immediate annuity, a SPIA. I didn't mention that one. But that's one where you, you give a lump sum to an insurance company and day one, they're going to give you an income. You're not going to defer in most cases. A lot of them you can defer up to like 12 months, but that's it. But the point is, is that there's a lot of different types and it, some cases it can make sense to have that be part of your plan because with pensions being a thing of the past, if you have a couple social security checks between you and your spouse and a couple thousand bucks coming in from an income annuity, you may have positioned yourself to have five, six, seven thousand $7,000 a month coming in before you even get out of bed in the morning. The most important words in retirement are income, income, income. And so that can be a way to, you know, secure lifetime income. I will tell you that as your net worth grows up, as you amass more wealth, the higher net worth you are, the less likely that an income annuity makes sense. Not in all cases. But the point being is as your net worth grows, if you have a substantial net worth, it's of a size that even in today's marketplace where you can get four and five and six percent money markets and CDs, if your wealth is of a size, generating six percent on that wealth can generate the income or at least core income you need for your long term retirement. So there is a sweet spot, in my opinion, as far as net worth. Now, there's another thing that, that a lot of you may be looking at, and that's if you do have a pension from a former employer, a lot of times you can take a cash lump sum option or take the pension. In some cases, it makes sense to take the lump sum and others, it doesn't. That is a very important, could be one of the most important decisions you make in your life. That'd be something you want to consult with my team of fiduciary advisors on at Reap Financial. Don't make that decision alone. But I want to leave you with this. We've talked a lot about the benefits of what's coming in 2024. We've talked a lot about changes to the retirement landscape and Roth IRAs and getting in that game. There is a sweet spot. If you're considering converting, what I find based on years and years, 15 years at Reap Financial, we have been retiring families successfully right here in Austin. And we're going to continue to do so. With that experience, what we've seen is that if you have IRAs that you're wanting to convert, start by looking at 40 to 60% of the account to be converted over a period of many years to get the tax control you seek. That is not a one-size-fits-all. Consult with your advisor. Consult with my team or a CPA. But I wanted to leave you at least with an idea of the range that we target with our successful families at Reap Financial. Get your hands on my Roth report. Email me now, chris at wealthradio.com, chris at wealthradio.com. 
My team will have it on its way to your inbox. Thanks for making us part of your weekend every Saturday, 11 a.m. I'll catch you next week. If you're retired or retiring soon, tune into Wealth Radio every Saturday at 1 p.m. The following program is sponsored by Reap Financial Group, LLC. Investment advisory services provided by Reap Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. Opinions expressed in this broadcast are provided for information purposes only and may change without prior notice. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed in any way as an endorsement or inducement to invest or an offer to buy or sell any securities. The sales content should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor and tax professional should be consulted before making any investment decisions or implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The firm only transacts in states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Been doing for over a decade here on KLA.